Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's a goal. Who got the assist? Who got the assist? Hello, so we're back and almost spoiled to not have a game week tonight, but we've plenty to catch up on and talk about. Donna weekend where Salah registered his inevitable goal and Eden is lucky to register an assist through being tripped for an Alonso screamer. Kane captains are left ruining Spurs' steamrolling by the seemingly unstoppable City juggernaut. Hello to Nick, who joins me today as always. And also to a man who needs almost no introduction, Ash, or as many of you may know him, the man behind one of the oldest and most respected Twitter accounts around, FPL Chief, uh, at FPL Hints on Twitter. So Chief, for those out there who may not know you, could you quickly introduce yourself to the good people and tell us both about yourself and uh, your relationship with FPL? So, yeah, first and foremost, Nick and Tom, thank you so much for having me on the show tonight. Really appreciate it and keep up the good work. Um, Before I began FPL... I was effectively a football manager, championship manager addict, so to speak, and I was so for 10 years. And then I used to FPL around 2007. And my logic was that, hey, I'm, I'm so good at football manager, championship manager, I'll, I'll ace FPL. And, well, I was completely wrong. Um, I wasn't good at it at all. Um, and then I sort of like, you know, gave up after one season and went back to FM and CM and then... Um, and then, yeah, I just all of a sudden got, you know, got drawn back into it, became an addict around 2010. And that's when I really, you know, began to taking it really seriously. And 2011-12 uh, season, that was a milestone for me. That's when I began blogging. And it was also when I finished 110th in the world. So, wow. um, yeah, <laughs> it's not, it's been downhill <laughs> ever since, fortunately. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, around the same time I began, you know, being active on Twitter, and um, you know, I, I still do my blogging, but it's more I'm more you know present on Twitter nowadays. And a, a, apart from that, I'm also a content provider for Yahoo Sport, so I guess that's me. Ex- excellent stuff. Well, thanks, Chief. Anyway, we're really excited to have you on the pod this week, and really looking forward to your insights on the game week and what's to come. Well, um, personally, I've absolutely blitzed it this week, but we'll get onto that in a minute. Just um, to introduce ourselves again, we are Who Got The Assist. You can find us on Twitter at WGTA underscore FPL and online at whogottheassist.com and follow us and subscribe if you like what you hear. Cool. So on the pod today, we're going to touch on the weekend briefly before looking ahead to the festive period and looking at some possible strategies that people are adopting to navigate this most busy of times. Uh, we'll also, of course, update you guys on the anti-medicine and watch, plus cover market forces before launching into your questions, uh, of course, with the help of Chief here. Yes, and thanks very much, guys, for all the questions. So, Chief, how was your game week to start off with, and how have you been doing so far this season? 
it's been it's been an odd season. Um, you know, I've I've not you know I've not been really horrific. I've not been you know fantastic and superb. I've I've made progress in small increments. And um, this particular game week, I scored seventy five points, two clean sheets, six goals, and two assists. I captained Hazard, and you know if I had captained, let's say Sterling or Firmino, I probably would have ended up with eighty one points. But you know I really can't complain. 75 points in any given week is a good score. So that pushed me up 160k places, and I'm, I'm now about 200k. So hoping to you know push on further up with the busy period ahead. How about you guys? How did you guys do? Yeah, I think well we both had really good game weeks actually this game week for a change. It's, it's kind of been a bit of a mixed season for us too. As in, <laughs> I've done better than I've ever done before, and Tom's done. Tom's never done worse. So uh, no, it's been a not. bit of a a funny one, but um, yeah, I'm now up into the top top 30k after scoring 81 points actually. Um, wow. So yeah, brilliant score. Um, really happy with that. I think it's my second highest of the season. Captain Salah got 16 for that. Um, we both have Alonso actually, he's 14 for that. Sterling, Lukaku, Calvert In fact, I think everyone got returns in my starting 11 apart from Kane and Richarlison. So uh, wow. yeah, re- really really good um, game week. Love to see those green arrows. Makes makes me feel good after about I think I had four or five red arrows in a row. So yeah, that's a, a really good really good boost for me. And you did well as well, didn't you, Tom? For for a change. Yeah, I did. I'm rising up the rankings like a comet. Um, Seventy four points for the minus four. Um, I had Alonso. I had Azard captain, same as you, Chief. Um, I had a, had a performance by Firmino of all people who showed up. And last night I got ten points from uh, Dominic Calvert Lewin and uh, John Joe Kenny, who, who weighed in with an assist on his maiden uh, appearance in my squad. Uh, a bit salty though, uh, as Nick will attest. I had a moment on uh, on Sunday when I was like, "Oh, screw this! I'm, I'm logging off," because uh, David de Gea conceded to Gareth Barry's first uh, first Premier League goal as a substitute in about two thousand days, uh, which meant that my, uh, my my transfer didn't work out because I removed Matt Ryan, who was doing nothing for me, and then he goes and gets eleven points the yeah. week I get rid of him. Yeah, you raged um, for it, didn't you, on the Sunday? <laughs> yeah, I def- wow. definitely, definitely. Uh, you know, but but you know, I'm I'm back. I'm I'm a lot more stable now, and, and I'm ready to kind of keep going. I think it's a good time now to launch into our first topic of the day, which is which is the festive period and and how best to manage it. And um, Chief, you've been around for an awfully long time, and I was wondering, you know, how have you how have you seen this kind of develop over the years, and what advice would you have for people about managing this this most busy of periods? So, um, you know. From an FPL perspective, it's always fantastic having, you know, games coming over you know, a short period of time. Just you know, the fact that you get to watch so much on TV during this festive period. But I, I've hated it, to be honest with you, in the sense <laughs> that, <laughs> in the sense oh, that, you know, from a fantasy football perspective, I think apart from the season in which I finished 110, I've I've always been caught short by, you know, rotation or injury or wrong captaincy picks during this period and. Um, you know, let, let, let's just quantify what we've got ahead. We've got four game weeks over the space of what, ten, ten to twelve days, and you know, let, let, let's get the facts you know straight out there that rotation will be inevitable, as are injuries during this period. And I think often during the festive period game weeks, the difference between a red arrow and a green arrow is if you've nailed your captain pick. If you've got, you know, if your captain has done well. You're going to get a green arrow. You know, you know, effect, you know that captain could score 50 or 60 percent of your overall points for that week. But the fact you've nailed the pick, you know, you, you'll be fine. So you've got to be very careful on the captain front. Um, and with 
with what I've said about rotation, you've got to make sure that you have a solid bench with active players. Now, I, I've got, I think, two or three players who aren't regular starters, so I'm going to look to hopefully address that this week. And if it means taking a hit, I, I might even do that, just so that I've got sufficient cover for these four upcoming game weeks as well. Um, so, you know, with, with that talk of rotation, potential injuries because of the short period time period, you know, don't don't get caught short. You know, and I'm sure that for all of your listeners, they they already you know, they've already begun planning ahead, so it's not going to be an un, unexpected window for them. Um, just one point I really want to emphasise, and I haven't got the stats to back this up, but there's a general notion that there are more goals and far less clean sheets during this period. Um, so it's not the best time to play, let's say, 5-4-1 or 4-3-3. So you know, do bear in mind that you know, the players are fatigued um, and they're more prone to concede as a, as a result of, I guess, the lack of um, rest. Um, so you know, bear that in mind that you know it, you've got the opportunities of goals you know, going all you know here, there, and everywhere, and also shock yeah. results as well. And on that on that particular point, um, you also you know, keep an eye out, keep an eye out for the returning players. So a good example is Paul Pogba. He served his suspension. So you know, logic would say he's less likely to be rotated than someone who's played every single minute since August. So you know, that's worth bearing in mind as well. Yeah, that's a very good point there at the end actually, because um, we've obviously I think Manchester United don't really tend to rotate as well. We saw like Pog um, Lukaku's played. Um, every minute so far this season mentioned on our last pod and also I think Pogba when he's not been injured he's played every single minute so I think Manchester United would be a good team to perhaps invest in over the Christmas period and one to um, potentially avoid actually would be um, Liverpool because Liverpool out of every team has, have rotated the most and um, I've got some stats on like Klopp he's made um, 69 changes in total over the last 18 games whilst Mourinho's only made um, around 40 or so it's almost almost double which is um, crazy. So, yeah, avoid, avoid Liverpool might be one good piece of advice. I think, in general, you made a very good point about just having a full playing squad if you can. Make sure that you've got... And no one's injured on your bench. Um, anyone who's a bit of a rotation risk, probably time to sell. Like, we've seen the likes of Kolasinac. She's been sort of inexplicably dropped because, us, because Wenger wants to play Maitland-Niles instead, which is much to the Ferrari of a, a few of our friends. So he's a he's a potential one, and then you know there's some there's some cheap players on the bench, very good players like Loftus Cheek who can come in and get an assist and six points on the best bench. Those are the sort of good players to to have in your squad. So yeah, very good to to invest in a, in a full playing team if you can. Yeah, I think just just to echo that as well. Um, having a full playing team is very useful. Um, making sure that you deal with those fires before jumping on the you know the next hot thing is probably a good idea so i think you know i i've definitely fallen prey to it but we often see a see a malaise in fpl land around the christmas period where people chase points and because the game weeks are so few are so like you know close and they come at you so intensely people do kind of think you know what i'm going to just make that change now take a minus eight take a minus 12 to try to get the people who are scoring you know, that last game week and as you were saying chief you know goals are coming in from all angles because the, yeah. the defenders are tired because you know we're seeing scores we're seeing shocks and um i think 
if you can. I know, I know you're probably going to be having some mulled wine, <laughs> but try to uh, keep your heads uh, in the present and not in the past and try to look ahead of you um, and remain conscious of the fact that, you know, chasing points never, ever is a good thing. Uh, yeah, I think we've seen the curse of the most transferred in so far this season. I think it, it's almost like 15 out of the 18 game weeks, the most transferred in is blanked. Yeah. And, and if you see someone like Sane, perhaps, you know, get a couple of goals and an assist he's going to get loads of transfers in but then you know he might not even start the next game so you just exactly. I think that's the best advice just don't don't get too irrational and try and chase points that you know focus on your own team and focus on having a full playing squad would be our, our advice I think we all agreed there yeah I think it's very easy to end up being kind of red nosed about what, what you've seen but yeah, at the end of the day I, I think that that's really good advice to try to try to remain calm I suppose and I think um, moving on from this and, and kind of linking into what you meant, you were saying Chief about 4-5-1 and perhaps some issues about that um, Harry Kane I mean every week we seem to talk about him um, FPL Fanatics asked us to Kane or not to Kane FPL Virgin riffing on uh, what Jay Eggersdorf did this week uh, Asked, is, are we uh, Kane Exeters or Kane Remainers? And uh, yeah, I'd be interested to hear what your, what your take is on this, Chief, because I'm guessing you know every year there's this kind of big hitter who isn't performing well. Uh, what, what do you do in this situation? It is a tricky situation, first and foremost. You know, you've got a premium striker, 12.8 million, who has only scored what um, two goals in the last four games. So, you know, you're you're, you're in a situation whereby by selling him or a cheaper replacement, you unlock funds and, you know, you can invest elsewhere. And it's something that I've given you know, serious thought about to the point where I'm mentally prepared in selling Harry Kane. I'm not going to say that I'll do it now, but mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, willing, I'm willing to do it. But just an important point, just to wrap, wrap up on the points we made um, about the pre-planning, a very important point. We also have blank game week 21 for Spurs and West Ham. Um, and also double game week 22 for those two teams. So we need to factor that in as well. You know, don't don't you know load up on those players and then you know end up with <laughs> yeah. just half starting players for game blank game week 21. So just factor that in. But on Harry Kane um, first and foremost, you know, let's let's just look at the facts here. He's had 100 shots on goal in the Premier League this season. That's almost six per game. Okay, he's got a strike rate of around I think 71 percent, which kind of tallies up with his career strike rate in the Premier League. Um, as mentioned, you know, he's not been that accurate in front of goal recently. Mm-hmm. Um, but what, what I would say is this, that due to his high ownership, it might be best to stick with him just for now. Because, you know, let's just say for argument's sake, you know, Tark- you know Tarkovsky isn't un- unable to play for Burnley this weekend. But they've got a weak in defence. And Harry Kane scores a break. And your replacement, a cheaper one, let's say it's Wayne Rooney, doesn't you're going to lose out massively. Um, So, you know, for all intents and purposes, even though my heart says, you know, he's out of form right now and, you know, the evidence says that as well, purely as a shield pick, it makes sense to have him just for now and, you know, maybe maybe sell him um, during the blank game week and then buy him back for the double game week. That's a potential option. But I'm looking at what uh, an expert, you know, a a bona fide fantasy football (laughs) expert, Eggersdorf, did. He sold Harry Kane and he took a minus 12 hit in game week 18. And he ended up with, you know, 74 net points, which is amazing. But his replacement was um, Wilfred Bonny, and, you know, he's injured now. So my, my question to anyone who is actually going to sell Harry Kane is this. Who is going to replace him 
and you know is that person going to score goals and that's a question to you both as well and I'd like to you know, you know hear what you think on what I've said yeah I think that that's, those are really good points and the thing is with Harry Kane and, and my problem with Harry Kane is, is exactly what you're saying there's if I get rid of Harry Kane I don't know where I go with the money. I mean, there is a there there is an argument, for example, that I've seen on a few sites of, for example, Fantasy Football Scout, which is that you you ditch Harry Kane and you play your free hitting game with 22, loading up on you know Ericsson, Kane with that with the blank in mind. Um, I feel like with Kane, uh, I mean, you mentioned he had a hundred he's had a hundred shots this year so far. Yeah. Last year, the entirety of the year, chief, he had a hundred and ten shots. So he's just ten shots off what he did wow. all of last year. Admittedly, he missed a couple of game weeks for injury, yeah. but it's absolutely ridiculous. But Spurs are on the downturn, and uh, Kane is definitely bearing the brunt of it. Um, in, against Man City, he, he only had three attempts. Only one was in the box. I don't know if you watched it, but you know there was one really nice yeah. kind of shot from range. The next two, he's got Burnley and Southampton. And uh, it, it, it kind of feels like hold, but don't captain to me. Um, it feels like the ownership is, needs to be borne in mind. And it also... For me, Harry Kane is the sort of player with those shots, with the conversion rate that you spoke about, that can turn it on and suddenly you'll want him back. Suddenly you've got to move that money around again to get him back. Because, you know, I always try to think about things in terms of reducto ad absurdum. Like, Kane is not going to continue this, in my mind anyway, he's not going to continue this inconsistency. He is going to start turning it on. We've seen kind of the last two seasons that he can go through periods of kind of up and downs. But he does come back to it and does get to form. I, th- I think kind of a major clause of that is the fact that he's a quality player. And um, yeah, you know, for me, I- I'm going to keep hold of him. I also have other fires to put out, which is kind of why I'm keeping hold of him. Maybe I'm rationalising that too much. But I mean, what do you think, Nick? Is, is that what you're doing? Well, yeah, I'm I'm holding on to Kane. I think I've, I'm feeling like positively medieval in my approach right now, and the fact that I've got two premium strikers lurking around in, in <laughs> Kane and Lukaku, and. Um, <laughs> And Calvert Lewin as um, my third striker as well, but I still have um, I still have faith in these guys. To be honest, I think they're going to continue to score goals. They're front men for their team. They're leading men for their team. You know, the the team kind of revolves around these guys, and and they're essential to sort of Manchester United and Spurs' success. Is a is a good performance from Kane and Lukaku. I mean, they've had you know, they've had good seasons, but I suppose for their price, we want more. You know, Kane's had 12 goals and one assist, 97 points. Lukaku's had. 94 points, 10 goals, 4 assists. And, and you guys both made very good points, actually, in terms of who would you spend the money on if you don't have Kane. I mean, I guess you you might have a sort of free striker line-up of Firmino, Calvert-Lewin and Quainer, you know, but it's, it's not... It's not exactly exciting, is it? I mean, <laughs> there's not too many other options out there. Like you said, Bonnie was one option. He's injured. You know, um, I, I can't really think of many people. Obviously, Wayne Rooney's a potential option, but they've got Chelsea next, so you wouldn't really want to sell Kane for, for Rooney against Chelsea in the next game week, would you? But I think that one of the main reasons why a lot of people are sort of selling Kane is his, his price point, and it enables a, a very expensive midfielder. Because if you think about it, like right now, you'd, you'd probably want KDB, Salah, Hazard, Coutinho, Pogba and Sterling. They're all looking better picks right now than Kane. So you could feasibly yeah. add, um, you could even add like Silver if, he, if he's back and, and Sane to that list too, all looking better value. And, and even at the moment, Eriksen and De Gea both have more points than Kane in, in the game. So I can understand why you, you might want to go Kane as have a very premium front five you know, Quayner or Calvert-Lewin and, and maybe Firmino as a, as a set-up and it's a bit of a, 
alternative setup. It's not very sort of traditional Absolutely. FPL, but it, it's it's an idea, especially like you said with the with the blank for Kane coming up. You know, yeah. you have a bit more flex, and and then maybe you want to bring him back for the for the double game because obviously he's essential for that. I think Nick just touched on kind of the next point as well, which is about premium midfielders. So there's a vacuum that's been created, uh, as, as you've identified, Chief, um, in terms of the strikers. Um, we know that Jay Eggersdorf has gone for, I think, Firmino and Calvert-Lewin, I think, up front. He's gone, yeah. some che- he's gone for a, ch- a cheap front three, at the very least. And uh, you know, Ian Wilson asked us, is, is it time for Hazard or KDB? You know, KDB is kind of doing the job, isn't he? That we thought he'd do at the start of the season almost. Yeah, he's, he's had 15 shots, 10 have been on target so far. And, uh, you know, it's looking like the time for premium midfielders to step up after after a bit of a, a poor start to the season. And what's your view on the, on the premium midfield? I think, I think we'll go to Nick first here, because he's got a couple of points on this. And we'll come to you, Chief. Yeah, I think... Um I mean, talking about Hazard, I, I still want to have Hazard in my team. I think just next sort of game week 19 to 27, they've got a, a brilliant fixture run coming up. You know, you know, he's he's a, he's a dasher on the pitch. He's he's fast. You know, he gets into space. His um, underlying stats as well for the last four game weeks still very impressive. He's had 14 shots, 11 inside the box, and seven on target. I mean, in the last two, it's it's not been as good to be honest. For some reason, he's not been getting his shots on in the last couple of weeks, but he still actually had. 17 penalty touches in the box with only Anatovic, um Sterling and Sanchez having more. Um, KDB, I think he, he's looking really good as well. We had him a little bit at the beginning of the season. He, he kind of burns us a little bit because he was like essentially playing in a defensive midfielder type role and we had to, we had to sell him and he's still, he's still very expensive. But I can understand why people want him with Manchester City's fixture run as well. They've got Bournemouth up next you know, a plum home game. Then it's Newcastle away, Crystal Palace away, Watford at home. You can easily see KDB getting maybe, you know, four goals, four assists easily in the next four, you know, which is, yeah. so could potentially get double, you know, an average of 10 plus um, a game week. Uh, mm-hmm. Sterling as well. He's, I think, he, I don't even know if Sterling gets classified as a premium midfielder right now I mean, because of his price. We've, got, we've still... got a couple of questions on, on Sterling later on, so maybe we'll talk about him then, but I think he, there's an argument for that. I mean, with KDB, I think what's happened is he's got a bit more space. So I was talking to uh, Paul Aitken and, she- and uh, Chef Dale earlier on, and we had a look at, we were kind of talking in a group chat, and we ended up having a look at his stats and, and his positioning. And what's happened is, you know, in the first few weeks of the season, Benjamin Mendy was providing the width uh, for, Man- for Manchester City, which meant that Sana was tucking in a little bit. And uh, KDB was therefore kind of pushed backwards. What's happened with Mendy out and Delft sticking to the halfway line is that KDB's got a lot more space, I think. And uh, with Sterling as a shadow striker, uh, I think, Chief, you, you mentioned that uh, a little uh, when we were speaking the other day. Um, yeah. <clears throat> it, mean, it means that I mean, Walker's on the overlap far out on the, on the, uh, on the right wing. And it means that KDB's got the space to roam in the free role that we were kind of expecting him to be playing at the start of the season, which didn't materialise. But at the moment, because of the personnel, um, he's really you know, showing that, that he can do it um, and really uh, you know, providing a strong shout uh, to be in our sides. I mean, uh, what do you make of all these premium def- uh, midfielders, uh, Chief, at the moment? I, I think, you know, without a doubt, um, the trend right now is that these premium midfielders, you know, you've, you've named some of them there, they are, you know, <laughs> they're definitely doing a really fantastic job in comparison to the premium strikers that we have in the game right now. So, you know, it makes sense having four or five um, premium midfielders in your team if you haven't already done so. And, and I know there's talk of, you know, people saying, oh, should I 
get rid of Hazard and put KDB in, well, you know, why, why not get why not get KDB? Why not get Hazard? Why not get Sterling, Coutinho? You know, you, you know, it's not inconceivable to fit them all in. Um, by all means, you'll you'll lose out defensively, and maybe you'll you lose out in one of your strikers. But you could, you know, you can potentially fit them all in. Um, and like you've touched upon with with De Bruyne, he was effectively playing as a defensive midfielder in the early part of the season, and I had him then, and I was really frustrated by that. I thought, oh great, well that's that's a waste of money. So I sold him, and I've not bought him back since. But um, you know, as, here, as you, here, yeah, yeah. As, you, as you've touched upon, your Sterling's playing as a de facto striker at times, and De Bruyne is basically roaming around as he pleases. Um, so you know, both of them are must-haves. Both of them have not been rotated recently. Does that mean they're going to get rotated in the festive fixture, you know, time? Probably they might, but um, I see no harm in having both of them right now. And you know, from from you know, De Bruyne's perspective, that's six goals and eight assists this season. And you know, to put it into context, from when I was looking at his stats last night, he's had, he's got like um, you know, from a fantasy football attacking returns perspective, you know, goals and assists. That's fifty-five in eighty-two appearances in the Premier League. So, you no, know, he's you know, for every every three Premier League games, he's getting a, you know, two out of three Premier League games, he's getting a return. So, you know, he's very consistent. There's no you know, there's no yeah. denying that. Exactly. But he's also he's, he's an excellent player. Yeah, but he's also very expensive. That's the problem. Um, you know, if you can double up with Raheem and you know KDB, you know, feel free to do so. Um, you know, they're, they're both on form right now. Um, but again, factor in the next four game weeks. You know, if we didn't have a festive period and you know there, there wasn't a chance that either would be rotated, I would say 100% get both in. But I'm not so hot on it right now because rotation is inevitable. But I will say this: I would rather have. Raheem Sterling and De Bruyne both in my team right now then let's say one of them and Aguero or Jesus uh, Jesus because you know, they, they, they're more likely to be rotated and that's proven to be the case Yeah I, th- I think we've, we've got to quickly mention Mo Salah obviously here I mean he's only blanked in one of the last 10 game weeks and uh, you know <laughs> It's it's becoming it's becoming kind of a running joke, isn't it? But none of it. I mean, you captained. I, I captained him this yeah, week. Yeah, I broke the template. Finally, did well, it. I did it actually earlier on in the season. It happened to be that game that he missed the penalty, of course, against Huddersfield. But he still got, got the system four, that game. Only got four points, yeah. which wasn't wasn't ideal. So I kind of avoided him since then. But then I jumped back on Salah. You got a bit scared that he would be rotated. I think. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I was I was feeling decidedly myrrh about his prospects. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I mean, what, what's and, and there's talk of a there's talk of a hamstring injury as well. I've I've read reports that apparently he was nursing a hamstring injury over the last week or so, and I was actually shocked that he started and played a full match on Sunday. So, um, but yeah, he's been consistent. You know, like you've said, you could you could have captained him the last yeah. ten game weeks and pleased you know for most of those game weeks. I, I think for the second half of the season, we're going to see a lot more people captaining. Obviously, everyone owns him now. Would be insane not to. And um, Arsenal next, so maybe not them, but then Swansea at home, and he, he's got to be a surefire. Um, captaincy option for that captaincy pick for the 26th of December Boxing, ga- Boxing Day games Abs- Absolutely and if I'm not mistaken when I looked at the percentages of you know the players owned he, he was like the most owned player by like a cricket score like his ownership level is 57.7% and the second highest owned player is De Gea at 44.1% so like you've said you know, when, <laughs> yeah. Salah, when Salah scores you know we all score and you know and we, and chances are we're all going to captain him going forward as well you know he's, he's just been sensational 
Yeah, that is insane. I think pretty much every active team must own him. It's probably just the ghost teams that don't. Anyway, we're going to move on to the next um, topic, which is about defenders. Um, Alex Ball has asked us about the defensive template shake-up and the best um, defenders under 5.0 in the context of the likes of West Ham having um, a double game week coming up. Um, and Ed, um, one of our writers, Procoptus, he's written in the technical area actually on Fantasy Football Scout about West Ham this game week. And also Everton, um, there's a few cheap options there. Versus the, the misfiring, injured, suspended Burnley assets, um, second season syndrome, and, and Jess, both on Twitter, asked us, is it time to say goodbye to Burnley? And um, yeah, I've already, I've already said goodbye to Stephen Ward. He picked up an injury a couple of game weeks. I know Tom's got Tarko. Um, I'm sure you've got... Burnley defender that you've sold or are looking to sell chief and um, are you thinking about a defensive shake up at all? Uh, absolutely I mean just on Burnley first and foremost I, I jumped on that Burnley defence train really late and when I did I bought Ben Mee and I conceded a couple of goals in two matches then he got injured um, quote unquote and <laughs> the, the two yeah. clean sheets I had recently I completely missed out on them until this week when he was my first sub and then you know, luckily he also subbed on so, yeah, I've been unlucky on that front. But like you've said, it's not going to get any easier for Burnley. I think it's the home to uh, home to Tottenham, away to United, and I think home to Liverpool, that's three of their games in the next four. So it kind of makes sense to you know, you know stop buying their players and you know getting rid. Um, from my perspective, I you know Ben Mee is someone I'm going to sell very soon. And looking at the alternatives um, in that price range, you know, you, you really can't look beyond the West Ham defenders and also the Everton defenders as well. So, you know, those are the two that come to mind. Um, and also on Burnley with Tarkovsky's ban, I think, I'm not sure if it's fully confirmed yet, but if it is, they're going to be very weak against Spurs um, this weekend. But one player in particular that really stands out for me it is um, West Ham's Masuaku. I think he's about 4.4 million. And when I've watched him, he, you know, at times he's... I, I don't want to compare him to Alonso or um, Seed Klazanak, <laughs> but he's, he's, like, he's like in this advanced, almost de facto midfield role. Um, you know, and that, that's really stuck out for me. Um, so I, I'm not... He's not had that many assists this season, but I've got no doubt that that will, you know, increase, hopefully, in the weeks ahead. Uh, the other player that they have is um, uh, Aaron Cresswell. And what interests me at 5 million is that he, at times he takes corners and also some indirect free kicks. So he's worth bearing in mind as well. So, you know, those are the two standout names from West Ham. Um, yeah, you know, Everton, you've got Holgate, Kenny, um, you know, pretty cheap there. But I want to give an honourable mention also to Phil Jones and um, Chris Smalling, because I know they're just over 5 million, but at 5.4 million, you know, they've got some good running, you know, good upcoming games. So, you know, it's worth having one or one of those in your team as well, I guess. Yeah, that's very good. Especially if you haven't got De Gea, I think having one of those is really good. I mean, you were mentioning Masuaku. I completely am behind that. Um, <clears throat> I personally, I I think I'm going to be looking at old Bonner, actually, funnily enough. I mean, he... Uh, he he's raised the bonus in three of the last four, and he indeed got a full bonus in the uh, in the one nil victory over Chelsea. Um, my reasoning behind it, there's a very good Reddit post actually on this as well, which informs this a little bit from a West Ham fan, is that if Moyes goes to four at the back, I mean you reference Aaron Cresswell a second ago, um, you're going to see 
uh, Masuaku come up against Cresswell in the kind of the fight for left back? I mean, it's yeah. all very marginal, of course. I mean, we're talking about four point four players. You get what you pay for. Sometimes I'll give you a gift, and sometimes you'll be very happy about that. But you know, the next time they're going to break your heart. And um, I, I feel like with, with Ogbonna, like he hasn't, according to West Ham fans anyway, he hasn't got the same level of uh, of competition for his spot. Um, you know, you've got James Collins and Jose Font. Rice as well, but he's quite young. De- De- <laughs> yeah, young man Declan Rice as well. Um, but, you know, I, I think that, you know, with either of those, you're tied over. Um, I mean, what, what do you think, Nick, about that? Yeah, I mean, I've already actually got Masuaku in my team, so I guess I'm slightly ahead of the curve um, there. I've, I've already sold Stephen Ward. I've also got John Joe Kenny, so I've got a couple of these quite cheap options. But I've still got um, a defensive move to make, actually, this game week. I've got Kiko Firmino, and he's... Um, He's injured, and I've got a 5.0 budget um, for my replacement. I think he's actually going to fall tonight, potentially. I had a look at FPL stats earlier, and yeah, he's possibly going to fall, so I've been looking at a few options. And then one team we haven't mentioned so far is Huddersfield Town. Now, they've, they've, um, they've, um, actually, I wonder why. <laughs> they've actually got quite a good fixture run coming up next. Southampton, Stoke, Burnley... Leicester, West Ham, they're starting to show, they had a really good start to the season, then they've dropped off a little bit, they're starting to show a little bit of that swashbuckling um, form, especially in their last um, game where they won 4-1, you know, that was a great win for them, so I was thinking maybe um, as an option I might, I might bring in Zanka and just have him sitting on the bench, you know, perhaps coming on if required um, as, a, as an option. The other option I guess was Cresswell, but with obviously the blank... I wasn't sure about doubling up on the West Ham defence. I, I do like Cresswell, he made some good points, but I just feel like, um, yeah, he might not be the best option for me right now. Um, there's also Liverpool. Uh, I mean, Robertson's been playing in Marino's absence, but we're not certain when he's going to be coming back. Um, we, Gomez looks like a really good option, but he's actually been quite a big victim of Klopp's rotation as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I mean, Huddersfield, I quite like them. They've actually, only, despite the amount of goals they've conceded, they've actually um, only conceded one less uh, shot on target compared to Burnley all season. So I think Nick Pope's kind of got um, Burnley out of jail quite a few more times than uh, Lossell has got Huddersfield. Sticking off your fellow Nick there, Nick. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I do love, do love a bit of a Pope. But, um, <laughs> but then Higa- H- the other one I looked at was Higazi, another potential option. Now back down to his original price, 4.5 after the, you know, the phenomenal rise and bandwagons he had at the beginning of the season. And um, yeah, I think West Brom still offer quite a bit you know, defensively, but maybe not that much going forward. I don't think we'd ever recommend a offensive West Brom player. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, th- I think kind of what's happened here, uh, and I, I think that what's happened here is that you know, Burnley have really worked to slay the notion that um, you can't have a 4.5 defender that you play week in, week out. Um, I think you know, with Ward and to some extent with me and with Tarko and Loton as well we've seen that you know they have been at the same level as a Alonso type that you're happy to play them because they're able to get a clean sheet in whatever environment you, you, you play them in um, and you know that, that's been very nice for managers but at the same time I think that time is now ending I think it might be time you know to, to look at your defence and uh, I, I'm one of these people who subscribes to the idea of defence as being a unit and you're trying not to be making kind of uh, Detailed micromanagement changes week in week out in your defence, um, but at the same time, it may it may be something to bear in mind, and maybe with those smaller with those smaller teams kind of having fixtures, it might be worth kind of having a rotation strategy uh, around around those kind of uh, those kind of players. Okay, um, thanks for that, Chief. Let's move on uh, to the next section after this break. Who got the assist? Who got the assist? 
So we're back and it's time for our regular features. Um, the first feature is our anti-meta team. This is our team of players who aren't in the template or being spoken about in the wider meta at the moment. We try and generally keep them under 10% ownership. And we've also got a wild card to use. We're running quickly out of time for that, so I don't know. <laughs> Maybe we could do it um, next week, actually. But um, So um, they kind of got 45 points this game week. Um, not not too great. Um, not as good as we did. So um, they're now down to 367k. They're slipping. Sanchez, their um, captain, only got six points in total. It was a poor week there. Um, Sigurdsson got a goal, um, so he got some returns. And also Firmino, he got um, you know a goal and assist, so that was, that was a very good pick. I mean, he might be someone potentially to remove when we do wildcard because he's starting to become a little bit more meta, isn't he? But um, we're thinking about selling Valencia because he's actually injured and um, one option we thought maybe as an anti-meta pick was um, Gary Cahill because he had a brilliant performance um, last season he was actually a top scoring defender but he's just in no one's team at all um, or I mean, he's got a bit of rotation risk I guess with uh, Rudolf Rudiger um, hasn't he a little bit but you know Cahill I think um, is uh, potentially our option there um, but um, one man in the team only got one point and that's, um, that's Alan Nyom isn't it Tom? Yeah it is and uh, you know it's time for Nyom watch and this is the uh, the part of the pub where we follow the fortunes of Alan Nyom we've been following him since the very beginning and uh, y- you know uh, He's just one of those players, Nick, at 5.0 at the beginning of the season. We just looked at him and we thought, you know, he's, uh, things have been overpriced, things are a bit mad. And, you know, even though Pardiola's there, he's got his new deal, we, we, we're still questioning him and we're still not sure about him. So we're, we're still watching him closely. Uh, without further ado, here's this week's Nyon Watch. Alan Nyon was spotted playing football, Nick, this weekend. He got 52 touches, 19 were in the opposition half. He made 28 passes, 25 were successful. That's 89% for you stats nerds. He made two crosses. One was successful. He made four tackles. And impressively for Alan, he won all four. He was mentioned in dispatches thusly. In the 34th minute, United scrambled the ball clear from Neom's low cross with Rondon close to getting a shot away. Imagine that. FPL family. That's it. If you if you see him down Clinton's buying Christmas cards, or see him down Holland and Barrett buying Tempe, let us know. <laughs> Hashtag Neon Watch. Um, and obviously, I, mean, I just alluded to it there, but our friends at FPL Family um, have continued to monitor the fortunes of their man, uh, my bet noir Salomon Rondon. <laughs> so um, yeah, definitely check them out. Uh, we, 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 uh, big love for them, and um, yeah, uh, worth, worth mentioning. Yeah, um, my dad actually did a bit of neon watching this week um, because we watched a game. Sorry, he got, <laughs> got boots to the face at one point, but bravely got up. So uh, yeah, good bit of neon watching there. Thanks, Tom, for neon watch. Um, we're going to move on um, swiftly to our market forces section. This is our section where we look at the FPL data and use the FPL data to some to describe some of the key trends within the FPL economy, just to give you guys an insight into who the uh, key movers and shakers are within the market. And um, so one guy we've alluded to a fair bit already, and we're going to discuss later in the community questions, is, is Raheem Sterling. And he's, um, he's already had 185,000 net transfers in, and he's also had a uh, price-wise of 0.1. So up to 8.5 now, and, you know, I'm... I obviously last week we spoke about drunken mistakes and I took out Raheem Sterling and brought in uh, Eden Hazard mm-hmm. uh, this is last Saturday, Saturday before this one just gone and um, I'm regretting it because at the end of the day I'm looking now and I'm probably going to do it tonight as well um, because obviously we've seen that Sterling's been rested and we've seen that there's a bit of uncertainty about David Silva hasn't been in training 
Um, so I'm probably going to I'm looking at bringing in Raheem Sterling again 8.5 so I'm going to be one of these people bringing him in at 185,000 with Bournemouth up next I think he's going to be you know the, the engaged manager's captain this week yeah and, it, yeah, and David Silva you mentioned he's the most um, transferred out player at the moment he's had over 105 transfers out um, it clearly is I mean Manchester was always a great fixture run but clearly there's uncertainty as to, as to when we're going to see him back at this moment in time so um, a lot of people seem to be doing that sideways switch that you're thinking about doing I still think it might be a little bit early to do it it's, it's still got a little bit of time but obviously 100,000 people are already already making that switch and um, yeah. the other guy who actually is being brought in is also a Manchester City player and that's Kevin De Bruyne that's another, one who, uh, another person we've talked about quite a bit already he's now up to second um, highest scoring midfielder in the game a fair bit behind but only behind Mo Salah and uh, yeah he, he's looked very good money for um, his performances so far hasn't he Tom? Exactly um, you know we spoke about De Bruyne in, in the section just before and you know Chief made some good points and we also made some good points too around uh, around him and you know if you are a tinseling uh, David Silver, I think that you know if you can afford to get Kevin De Bruyne in, get him in. He's looking in scintillating form. Absolutely, um, the next four games, as we've spoken about earlier, are just absolutely fantastic. And he's an outside captaincy pick, and he is doing what we thought he'd be doing. Um, so you know, David Silver going to Sterling and De Bruyne, uh, one man um, who you know our, our writer Ed loves and we love is the, the Duke uh, Ducore, who's who's now suspended. Um, which, which means that 92,000 people have parted company with the Duke. That's a surprise, it's, it's such a high number, but I suppose with the suspension and being ruled out, obviously a lot of people own him and people are worried about playing um, you know, 11 players with the fixture congestion and the risk of rotation. Maybe he's not the kind of player that you can just simply keep on the bench so um, yeah, so he, he's he you know one does simply one does not simply sell. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, isn't the Lord of the Rings Lord of the Rings theme guys have rehabbed that here? <laughs> one does not simply sell Ducore. One does not simply no. Um, I think the other thing to, t- to touch on here is that uh, Wayne Rooney and. Uh, Roberto Firmino, or Bobby as we like to call him. So they're 8th and ninth in the uh, most transferred in players. Uh, R- Rooney brought in after that uh, 13 points, that's 26 points if you captained him performance. Uh, 77,000 people have brought him in. Firmino, after the 12 points at the weekend, brought in by 56,000 people. Um, Rooney, I can kind of understand. Uh, Firmino, um, I've got him. I'm reluctant. I'm a reluctant owner almost because I know that he can sometimes absolutely be a thumbs down sort of player who do- doesn't do anything for a few weeks and you know, sometimes he-, he kind of comes in every now and again obviously at the, early on in the season I had three premium strikers at three wise men up front and you know that's not really that's not really a valid approach anymore you know I, I can understand why people are you know looking to invest more heavily in the midfield and, and Rooney and Firmino they fit the bill in terms of very good price but also offer you know, attacking threats, and and they're likely to score within any given game week. So they're they're very they're very nicely priced compared to some of the more premium forwards like Lukaku and Morata. So especially in the form those guys are in, it's not a surprise that they're being drafted in. Yeah, and I, I suppose you know, we, we've we've obviously had a few kind of uh, we see on Twitter and see on you know sites like Fans Football Scout people saying you know I'm going without Kane. Actually, he's not been showing that up that much in, in the NCI um, net transfers in. 
Um, so actually, he's only had 28,000 sales because of the Burnley and Southampton fixtures, presumably. Um, he's dropped 0.1, so he's now 12.8. But I'm a bit surprised to see that actually the market data doesn't bear out what we're seeing in terms of people saying, I'm getting rid of him. Well, I guess that's, that's more of a kind of in the meta within the community sort of vibe. I suppose most people know that Kane is a top scorer and they've got Burnley away and that's typically a, a decent fixture. Maybe not this season with Burnley's resilience, but... You know, typically you'd like you'd fancy Kane to at least score a couple of goals in those games. Yeah, that makes sense. So, uh, so, so Chief's back with us, and uh, I, th- I think we should move on to the final point here, Chief. And I think it's uh, an interesting one as well. It's about longevity, and it's about longevity oh, yeah. in fantasy football. And uh, mm-hmm. you know, you've been going for seven years, and uh, you've been yeah. tweeting, and you've been blogging, and you've been heavily involved in the community. And you know, I, I think the people, uh, listeners, will be just be really interested to hear your, your kind of observations on, on how you keep that going, and, and how you keep that kind of that, that love going uh, for throughout your time, <laughs> you know, being active in the community. <laughs> so uh, yeah, we'd, we'd love to hear from you there. Well, you you mentioned the word community. To be very honest with you, it is the community that keeps me going. You know. I, you know, I, I identify as a fantasy football addict. You know, our, the members of our community, for the most part, are fantasy football addicts as well. So, you know, the fact that you've got like-minded folk who, you know, take this game so seriously, this make-believe game, as seriously as you do, it gives you know, it gives you a sense of solidarity. So, you know, that 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 has been one of the you know cornerstones of why I'm still tweeting about fantasy football. Um, and you know, of course, you burn out at times as well. You know, it's not mm-hmm. you know, FPL. It, what I've come to realise is, you know, I, for me, it used to just be about overall rank, and I, I was really good at having a really good overall rank during the season and you know, at the end of the season. But then you reach a point where you think, you know, what? It's not the be all or end all. You've got to, you've got to be, you know, you've got to, you've got to fail um, sometimes. That's life, isn't it? Um, but the other thing is, I, I don't just play FPL. There's plenty of other games as you know. I play as a supplement to FPL. You know, the, the likes of um, Starting Eleven, Football Survivor, My Little Nuts. So, um, you know, for me, it's you know, I might have a horrible game week in FPL, uh, but I might have a fantastic game week in the other. And I, I think it it creates an equilibrium <laughs> for my for my sanity, I guess. Um, but yeah, I mean, for me, it's just about having you know. Obviously, you want to succeed in FPL, but it's having fun, and it's having fun like-minded people who also share that same passion i think that's what it comes down to no i I think that's absolutely true and i think that you know nick and i have been kept going um for for a long time through you know the group chats you know shout out to uh the one percent shout out to you know yeah the the slack group that we have for wgta you know shout out to all those people because you know they keep us fresh and they keep talking to us keep challenging us and you know we feel like we're doing this not just for not just you know for, for us but also for them as well and i think, I think that's that's really key here thanks very much for that chief uh, let's take a break nick and then after that we'll come back with our community section who got the assist who got the assist so we're back and it's time to have a look at the who got the assist mini league and then the star in the sky still at the top of the league is damitane with lalana land and he got 57 points he's now actually Second overall in the world, joint, joint first essentially because he's on the same score. But um, obviously the guy in first um, has had made less transfers, but he will soon get back onto the top, I'm sure. And it's a, it's an honour to have him in our league, still top um, by 79 points. He is ahead of um, Andrew Ferguson, two girls, one schlup, who's in second. 
Um, jingling all the way into the top five, though, is um, Daniel Kay with Red Devils. He got 65 points and 1,085. And there's a couple of new entries as well into the top ten. Um, Return of the SE, Ed, Eddie Fredericks got 79 points. Um, Callum Domody with um, the People's Front of Judea 5, he got 75 points. So, um, the next kind of couple of weeks, we're going to have a quick turnaround for pods, aren't we, Nick? I mean, we've got to uh, try to make it work over the Christmas period. Yeah, we'll, um, we'll have another one for sure, probably after Boxing Day, because um, obviously the fixtures are coming thick and fast, and uh, yeah, not leaving us too much time before it becomes outdated. So we'll, we'll have another pod and we'll talk about a few um, meta things within um, what's happening within FPL, and, you know, reassess the Harry Kane situation, etc. Yeah, we'll try to keep you informed. Um, <clears throat> upcoming is the FPL meetup in London, uh, which is on Friday, the 22nd of December. Uh, at half past seven, we're going to the sports bar in Marlebone. We're watching Arsenal vs Liverpool. We have a list of people now who uh, seem fairly certain to show up. Please let, please let us know if you're interested in coming um, via email or via Twitter or via Facebook, whatever whatever works for you. It should be a really, really good night. Um, and I think the final shout-out this week is to FPL Savage for the Community Cup, uh, for organising that. Thank you very much, mate. Um, and shout-out to uh, our teammates on Lacazetto Dello Sport. Yeah, shout-out to those guys. Um, second season syndrome and MJ at FPL Fanatic. Hi, guys. So it's uh, time for the community questions. Thanks very much for the questions again. Uh, the first question is all about navigating the doubles, and it's from Matter um, Yahoo Daily Fantasy. He's... Um, Asked us, is it wise to load up on West Ham slash Spurs players already when they will miss game week 21 and there'll be plenty of rotation around um, with all the other teams and congested fixtures? FPL Shows also asked us and FPL Chelsea has said, is loading up overrated? Uh, so Chief, you're the guest. Uh, why don't you answer first? I think if you're going to get three Spurs players and three West Ham uh, players on the eve of Game, blank game week 21 you're going to shoot yourself in the foot so <laughs> I think you should be very careful um, that you don't get caught short in that trap because I think a lot of quote unquote casual managers might do that and then they'll be in for a shock or double game week um, I, you know, there's no harm in getting maybe you know one West Ham player you know keeping Harry Kane and then building up to getting the maximum of six um, just after the blank game week and you know if, if it means taking a minus eight or a minus 12 just to accommodate them um, just before the double game week, then so be it. Because, you know, double game week, you're more likely to get more points. I would also say this, though, um, and it's, I've noticed not a lot of people have mentioned this, but, you know, what, you know there's also the option of using the free hit um, during double game week 22. You know, if, if you feel that you don't want to take all those hits and you just want those West Ham and Spurs players, you know, maxed out for that one double game week, free hit is your option. So, you know, don't rule that out either no i think that definitely makes sense um especially with you know harry kane's travails i think we can all agree that he is essential during that double game week let, let, let's not beat around the bush for west ham and swansea but at the same time you know if you are dead set on getting rid of kane i mean you said you're mentally preparing earlier on the pod and you know i, I completely understand that it could be the case that you know if you have decided to go without Kane, you have decided to Kane, for the Kane exit. It, it may be a time, you know, it, it could be one of those things that you fa- you fancy the you know, going going after the bauble of uh, you know a fantastic double game week twenty two at the at the expense of you know having these Spurs players in for for Burnley and Southampton because of their downturn in form. I think that's absolutely fine. I mean, Nick, what do you think about this? Well, I think. Um yeah, I think it's very important to um, 
try. I, personally, I think for me, I'm going to be. I've already got Kane and Masuaku, but I'm going to try and see if I can get up to five players in that game week. I know it sounds a bit ambitious, but um, I've already got two. Maybe, you know, I might draft in someone like Adrian or something, and, you know, there's a bit of rotation there with Hart, but I might bring in him perhaps as a cheap goalkeeper option, and then um, that game week before it, I might just take a minus four, maybe get someone like Anatovic and someone like Ericsson as well, and then have a, you know, that sort of setup, and then you, you can see some really good returns, and 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 it and it's not going to take too many moves for me to get that sort of setup. I've already got two of the players, so feasibly three, including two the week before on a minus four. So that's one option. I might have to ditch Adrian as an idea and just have the four. But I, <laughs> I would like to load up and you know yeah, potentially even another option we haven't mentioned as well for that game week is the triple captain option on Harry course, Kane. Of course, if you if you free hit, you yeah. can't do that. And you you've mentioned uh, just just to get this pun in uh, the Adrian's wall of of that of that, of that uh, West Ham defence. <laughs> Which I, which I think is definitely a something I really enjoy, and b you know something that I can understand completely people investing in. Uh, I just want to kind of I, th- I think the triple captain Nick that's, that's awesome to mention because I think that that's a big question that people uh, have on their minds. You know, I captained uh, Sergio Aguero last season in game week twenty, double game week twenty seven, I think it was, and uh, you know Stoke held out. Amazing, I had Eric Peters, so I wasn't too I, w- I was kind of upset, but not too upset because I got the fourteen points from him. Um, do you think it's a good time to play with the, the triple captain then, Chief? I mean, you, you mentioned the free hit strategy. Would you be looking at playing your triple captain then for Harry Kane? Um, I would caveat it by saying this, that if he has shown some form in the next mm-hmm. uh, three game weeks, I would strongly consider triple captaining him. But if he's like got, I don't know, like just an assist and you know hasn't really attacked goal that much, I think it's dangerous to triple captain him. Like yourself, I also triple captain Aguero during that double game week when he scored 27 points. And for me, you know, I, I really don't mind. You know, 27 points is 27 points. Because the, the, the season before, I triple captain Bukaku when he's, you know, he, he blanked in two game, oh, game weeks. So so. Game week 33, wasn't it? That's the one, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so for me, for me, triple captain points, you know, 27 points was, you know, a hell of a lot. Um, it, it, it is a bit of a risk. Um, but, you know, Spurs have got good games during the double game week and you know they need to win because they're, they're you know they're already falling well away from you know the top two or three teams so you know logic says that they are going to score but will, will Kane get rotated or you know I, I, there's even a possibility that he plays 90 minutes in game week 19 20 20 uh, 19 20 and then all of a sudden gets benched in game week <laughs> Just to mention a really important point, I think I, I was meant to I was meant to mention it earlier but I forgot. Apparently Kane is chasing a calendar year record, I believe, of Alan Shearer's for the most number of goals during a calendar year. And oh, I think yes, he is. There's only a few goals short. Now, um, obviously, double game week 22 takes place um, in the new year. But, you know, there's, there's a strong possibility that, you know, that, that, that might be a carrot in front of him and it might motivate him to actually score more in the remaining game weeks for this particular year. So, you know, do factor that in as well. Um, you know, from Spurs' um, perspective, they've got nothing to lose and they just need to win now, you know. So, 
yeah. absolutely, Fine. absolutely. I mean, that could be Cupid for uh, for his chances in in uh, being that triple captain. So, um, moving on. I mean, we, we mentioned Raheem Sterling a little while ago, and I stopped because I thought you know we've got questions on this, and we definitely do. So we've got Will at Fantasy Football Hub, uh, who asked, uh, "Is is Raz now the best City asset?" And uh, Mad Dog gets angry on Reddit. Also asked, "Is it time to do Sterling for Silver?" Which is the move I am going to be doing. Um, I think Nick, you said earlier, is is he a premium asset? Uh, Raheem Sterling. I mean, what's your view on that, Nick? Well, I was talking more in terms of price. In terms of performance, he definitely is a premium asset. I mean, in terms of price, though, he, he's very good value, and that's why I think I would agree that he is the best Manchester City asset to own currently. He's o- he's only eight point five, so you know, compared to De Bruyne, he's he's one point eight million cheaper. He's um, still cheaper than Sane, and he definitely looks better than him. He's three million cheaper than Aguero. 1.7 million cheaper than Jesus and those guys don't really look an option as you said earlier Chief because of the rotation so I think um, Sterling yeah. at the moment for me yeah he is the best Manchester City asset David Silva he's been having you know an amazing season but we're, we're not sure um, what's happening with him at the moment unfortunately so it's kind of a wait and see there in terms of transfers but yeah I think for me I've, I've had Sterling since I think game week six, six since my wild card and He's just been delivering so many goals. He's now on 11 goals, 6 assists. That's more goals than Lukaku, more assists than Lukaku. So I think, um, especially this game week, he's he's been rested, which is brilliant um, for the League Cup match. So he, he's definitely a potential captaincy option as well for the home match. Yeah, Bournemouth. for sure. And I think what you were saying as well about him being a premium player. Um, the last six matches, Sterling has been more than matching Sanchez, um, who is obviously 11.8, a premium player. So he's had 20 attempts versus Sanchez's 21. He's had 15 shots in the box versus Sanchez's 13. And his shot accuracy is 35% versus Sanchez's, Sanchez's 33%. Incredible. Wow. So you know, we, we've been pillorying Sterling, saying that you know, he's the bottom of the tree um, for for uh, you know, profligacy, but at the end of the day, you know Sanchez, I think, has clocked off a little bit. So that, let's be fair; there's a caveat there. But he is—he does seem to me to be a premium in disguise. And I think you know, stocking up on players like Sterling is just essential when you see him. I mean, what do you think about Sterling, Chief? Um, he's not—he's not a dancer. He's just an amazing footballer. You know, like he's really proven himself this season. This, like, you know, people talk about him having a breakout season at Liverpool. I think this has genuinely been his breakout season and you know there's not been any Man City player at this moment in time that has scored more goals than him and we've talked about him yeah he's not got the premium price tag thank goodness right now I've got no doubt he'll be 9-10 million plus next season but he's putting in premium performances and he's doing so in at times uh, in an out of position status as well so you know without, without a shadow of a doubt you know he's been absolutely superb. Um, he's he's a must-have, absolutely. Yeah, he's, he's definitely been uh, very stable, hasn't he? And I think uh, alongside Salo, he's also been very stable. Someone who's uh, perhaps not been stable in the last couple of weeks is uh, Richarlison and um, Andy Syme. He's asked us for our thoughts on Richarlison. He's got decent fixtures, but he's um, had a little bit of a low output recently. He's he's still in my team for the moment. But um, what about you, Chief? Have you owned Richarlison this season? I actually had eyes on, eyes on him when Watford bought him um, during um, well during the early part of the season, um, and you know, he's been actually there for the most part. But recently, he's been a bit of a prancer, and he's not really been getting the returns that you expected him to get. Um, for my part, I actually bought him last game week because I thought, oh, you know, he's an attacking threat for them. 
Watford have a good run of upcoming games, and you know they might lose. You know they might lose four three, but if they do concede, like if they do score three, he'll be involved in those goals. And um, you know, from my perspective, I would say you know don't sell him just yet because I think it's Troy Deeney's now got a suspension. So four matches as well. So they're going to rely on Richarlison more so uh, than they have done in any part of the season because if Watford don't get good results in their upcoming matches, they might you know slowly move down towards the relegation zone. I know, I know they're you know, well away from that, but they've got to really keep their heads in gear and they've got to start scoring goals again. Because the, the, the mentality I've got from Watford is, you know, we might concede two or three, but we're going to, you know, we're going to, we're going to outscore what we concede. He'll be integral to that. I yeah, wouldn't no. sell him. Yeah, yeah, no, I, well, I, I, completely, I completely yeah. understand that. Um, I think that yeah, I've, he's only returned once in the last five games, but there's been red cards for Watford incredibly in the last three games, um, particularly with yeah. Ziegler and Dini. I mean, cleverly was sent off late, which skews it a tiny bit. I had a little look at uh, Richarlison and compared his first six games, which is when we were all going mad about him, and his, his last six games. Um, and you know, the stats actually remain similar. Um, he's had 15 attempts, um, first in the box um, in the last six, uh, versus 16 attempts and 12 in the box. Uh, in the first six games his XG has fallen slightly so he has 1.82 um, in the beginning to 1.49 but that's still really solid especially at that price point um, as you mentioned the fixtures are pretty good for Watford uh, Brighton, Leicester, Swansea of an X3 so I think my advice would be A, if you've owned Richarlison for a little while you've probably got a price rise out of him B, I mean Give him those three games. Uh, as you said, the context is that Dini, who's one of their main strike, their main attackers uh, in years gone by, is no longer available for those games. So there's going to be an impetus on him. The only kind of question is about whether you know he's going to get tired because it's his first season in the in the Premier League, and you know it can. We've seen in the past that this can happen. That. Um, players do in their first season get a bit kind of worn he down by the he hasn't yeah. had a break either has he because I think um, oh, yes. because uh, Fluminese he, who he came from they were playing all through the summer so he didn't really get the same break that most of our Premier League players were used to I think um, yeah with Richarlison I've I've still got him and I've looked at there are other midfielders that I would prefer to have the likes of Pogba and Coutinho but I think it's just budget constraints means that he stays in my team And just on that particular point you know, if you've got him don't sell him if you don't have him it's best not to buy him. Um, just a point I was meant to make earlier on about him is that one of the criticism, criticisms I have is that, you know, more often than not, he has a lot of shots off target. Even in the games that he scores or assists, um, he actually often gets, you know, nudged out of the, the, the BPS zone because of these shots off target. So that is a big criticism, and I hope that he's able to refine it. But, um, yes, yeah, that's just something worth noting. Absolutely, and I think that if we move onwards, I mean, Nick just referenced a couple of other players in this bracket. Paul Aitken asked us about the cheap differentials, so uh, uh, Lingard um, has been showing up for Manchester United, and Hunderhan um, with with Silver out. We, we might think oh, that he I might Hunderhan last season, the gun dog, as we referred to him as. I had him last season. I was raving about him. I think you had Joe Allen at the time, and I was like, nah, it's all about Gundogan. But then he uh, he yeah. got injured. It was a mistake, as usual. It was a bit of a yeah, yeah, an option a, for a little while. I don't a, know if he is now because um, he's not necessarily nailed, is he? Yeah, so, so Paul asks, are they any good in, as ninja picks, as, as he terms it? L- Lingard has There's got five double-figure returns in the last uh, five game weeks, uh, which is obviously fairly encouraging. 
um, and it looks like he's the man who has benefited from from Mkhitaryan um, not playing. Um, he started the last five. Um, he's had ten attempts in the last five games, seven have been on target, so he's averaging two shots a game. Um, and his heat map is pretty interesting. So there's a lot of central play rather than him rampaging down the wing. So it looks like he's kind of kind of quite a direct kind of character. I mean, at Hunderhan, I'm probably going to say, I, I don't know if you guys agree with me, but Hunderhan is probably one of those who tends every now and again to get a goal or two. Everyone jumps on him, as we saw last year, before he got injured. And then actually the reality is that he's a fairly defensive player. In championship in football manager terms, he's probably a, def- he's probably a deep-line playmaker with a defence status. Um, what do you think about these two guys, Chief? Yeah, I mean, with, with Gundogan, um, Gundogan, Gundogan, whatever you want to call him. Um, Hunderhan, yeah, I believe. I believe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, he's not FPL viable for... The very fact is, you know, you've got. I, I know, I know, he's chipped in with some returns over the weekend, but for me, it's, it's. It, I, I don't think he's nailed on in that position right now, and he, he will be prone to rotation. Um, and for me, I, I wouldn't consider, I wouldn't consider him um, as a a viable pick for Man City. You know, um, as for Lingard, I think you've got a different different proposition there you know he has been chipping in with the returns he has been playing regularly bargain for his price tag and you know he, he's playing in an advanced role um, more often than not so I think if you want entry into United's midfield he's definitely viable but if, if you ask me straight off Pogba or Lingard I would say Pogba because I feel Pogba um, with him he's more of an influential player in that team and as he's proven this season compared to last season, he's been involved in the goals more often than not. Good stuff. Um, the next question is from Richard Ski on Twitter. He's asked us, in the wake of many 90th minute goals, is it time for us to focus on offensive outputs from defenders rather than hoping for clean sheets? Or as uh, Marco Delic um, asks, do we simply invest in defenders from the big teams and um, the likes of uh, Jones and Christensen are potential examples of that, and I think um, one one man we've had from the beginning of the season, probably worth mentioning, we haven't mentioned him yet on this pod, is uh, Marcus Alonso. Um, we've always been big advocates of him, and he, he's he's one guy, very premium price, but always offers the, the dual um, ability of an offensive output and a defensive output any given game week. And I think he's he's proved himself as um, good value for money, even at his um, 7.0 valuation. Um, I think um, in general, in answering the question, I, I always prefer offensive outputs from a defend from a defenders. But recently, it's something I actually advocated at the beginning of the season, all about having very expensive offensive defenders that can potentially get you um, attacking returns. But recently, I've kind of reverted a little bit to the norm. But I've I've gone for like ultra cheap options in the likes of Masuaku, Kenny, and also um, a bit of a random pick cheap. I've got Ragnar Claven in my team at the moment as well. He's at four point three. <laughs> got me 15 points in the last two game weeks so uh, he's um, another example of a defender that's perhaps um, he's from a big team he's Liverpool been pretty poor defensively but you know he does offer clean sheets and maybe not attacking returns but I think so there's two options really in attacking defenders for me it's Otamendi and Alonso they're the two men to have and other than that it's probably best just to kind of 
spend your money elsewhere and disinvest. Yeah, I mean, we spoke about that, I think, a little bit earlier on, particularly with the West Ham issue and with uh, with, with John Joe Kenny as well being mentioned. Um, and uh, Ch- Chief, what do you think about this? Is, is it time to is it time to kind of be hoping for those attacking attacking returns rather than, uh, you know, you mentioned right at the top of the pod, in fact, about the fact that defenders are going to start conceding a lot during Christmas. So is it time to focus in on those attacking returns? Um. I mean, let's get one thing straight. We know it's, it's unlikely, and if you know, if not impossible, that you're going to get a full set of premium defenders starting in your team, premium midfielders, and premium strikers. I think, without a doubt, you've got to get at least one or two premium um, defenders, like you know Marcus Alonso, you know, out of position, likely to score. You know, get get them in your in your teams. Um, but I I do I do um, worry that. You know, more, more often than not, you know, if, you, if you're getting them just so that they'll score a goal regularly or get an assist regularly, you know, there's no point getting them. Get them with the intention that you'll hope that because they are from a big team that they're likely to get a clean sheet uh, more often than not. Um, and just, you know, the, the attacking returns are a bonus. You've got to really treat them as attacking returns because the job is to keep clean sheets, not to get those attacking returns. But I will say this, I know we've talked about all these goals getting conceded during the festive period, but after the festive period, and in fact, um, for the second half of the season, I've seen lots of stats that show that um, there are less goals conceded in the second half of the season than there are in the first half of the season. Can you tell me why that's the case, lads? Um, well, I think that we tend to see that there's a lot of momentum in the second half of the season. Um, <clears throat> for example, with Spurs last year, at the beginning of the season, what people forget, and this year, at the start of the season, people were thinking, oh God, you know, what's going on with Spurs? Actually, what tends to happen is that they get going towards the end of the season when there's an end goal in sight, there's motivation for the team, teams get... I mean, you play, you've played football manager in the past, so I assume you still play now. What kind of yeah. happens, what tends to happen there, and I think what we can, uh, as <laughs> as fancy football managers also key into is that at the start of the season players are getting to know each other there's new signings there's you know uncertainty you know the managers are trying to figure each other out trying to figure out you know there's new managers in the mix and they're trying to figure out how everything's going to work together there's new men you know they're trying to see you know how this new guy fits into the team and you get, you get players like Richarlison coming in and you know players that managers don't have a plan for this kind of guy exactly. but, but I think by the second half of the season these players and the managers approaches are well known um, we do see yes. you know some managers come in around Christmas and they're amazing because they you know come in with something new and it's different to what what scout reports have said before and tactical terms yeah. have said before but I think in the second half of the season transfer window closes Okay, you've, you're set with your team, and some teams really build momentum. Momentum is really important. I think that yeah. that is probably the reasoning behind that. And and also about the expectation that teams generally know they know what to expect by the second half of the season. They figured they. I don't want to say they figured out their opponents, but you know the, the general trend is that that you know the, the premium teams because they've settled down, they've got that momentum. Like you've said, it's harder for the non-premium teams to concede against them and perhaps the motivation dies for those mid-table teams you know they're safe they're not going to get relegated so that that desire dries up and you know more often than not it will be the relegation struggling teams who've got more pressure to score those goals so um you know coming back to the original point um you know get one or two well i'd say two premium defenders in your team if you haven't already done so um 
but have the intention that it is for the clean sheets and the attacking returns from the likes of Alonso, etc., are bonuses. You know, just treat it as that. Don't don't buy Alonso with the hope he's going to score every other week. Good stuff. Um, so the final question is about Christmas songs, and uh, Pad Falls asked us if you had to listen to one Christmas song from now until the end of time, which, which one would be? Which one would it be? I'm I'm gonna quickly go first because it's probably everyone's favourite. But I'm always partial to a bit of the Pogues, um, Fairy Tale of New York. Have I stolen your pick there? Tom? Yeah, that's, yeah. that's exactly mine as well. <laughs> it was Christmas Eve next, and <laughs> the drug tank. Anyway, enough about that. Uh, uh, Chief, what's your what's your uh, pick? Very briefly before we move on to the wrap up. I've I've got um I've got a more darker pick actually, and it is technically a Christmas song. It's a Christmas number one, and it is Rage Against the Machine. That's the song I would listen to, and it it will be a reminder for me that, um, you know, whenever F- I feel cheated by FPL, like Sterling's uh, lost bonus points or <laughs> Calvert Lewin's lost bonus points, um, I'm I'm raging against the machine. I wanna I wanna um, you know outplay FPL before it outplays me. So I know it sounds a bit dark, but yeah, rage against the machine you're is my. That's killing in killing in the name of yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, killing in the name of. Joe Allen or <laughs> Gareth Troy <laughs> Deeney yeah excellent yeah. stuff um, so anyway um, let's sign off so um, captain choices for um, this game week who are you thinking about captain in this game week Chief um, for this game week I haven't given it much thought right now and it's quite difficult because you know, the likes of Chelsea I think they're, all, they're away to Everton um, Liverpool and Arsenal they play each other it has to be a Man City player with their plum home game against Bournemouth and I only have one Man City player in my team and it's Raheem Sterling um, you know he's been sensational I, I, I would have to pick him if, if I if, you know given given a shout and I, I would vice captain Harry Kane surprisingly enough <laughs> yeah I think I'm thinking the same I'm thinking possibly I've actually got on Kane at the moment but I am quite tempted to do a Sterling switch especially now he's He's not started. Um, I think he, he's a bit of a vixen on the pitch, isn't he, Tom? I mean, are you think, who are you thinking about, Captain? Yeah, I think, it's, I think it's the same for me. Even though I've been you know, not doing very well this year, it seems that any captain pick which lands, and we spoke about this way at the top of the pod, any captain which lands um, seems to be propelling me quite a long way um, up, the, up the tree. So I think that, you know, I, I'm going to be going for Sterling and probably joining you, Chief, actually, in vice-captaining. So you're going to ha- you're going to be transferring in Sterling then? Yeah, I'll, be, I'll probably... Uh, unfortunately, because of the silver news, I'm probably going to be doing Sterling uh, for silver. I, and I'm probably going to also be getting rid of Mbemba and getting in uh, Ogbonna. And do you know what's going to happen? Because you've done that. Sterling's going to get a rest. He won't play a single minute. Your vice-captain, Harry Kane, will be activated. And um, <laughs> he'll, he'll, he'll have, like, ten shots on goal. And he won't score. That's <laughs> I would not be. <laughs> that's, a stand, that's a standard game week for Kane, isn't it? It's a standard game uh, week for me right yeah. now. So yeah, in terms of in terms of transfers for me, I'm um, I'm th- I'm getting rid of Kiko Firmino. He's injured. Um, possibly Zach. Well, there's two options. There's a conservative option. I played quite conservatively all season, actually not taking too many hits, and he's been been very good compared to to Tom, who's been taking tons of hits. But um, yeah, I'm thinking either Firmino to Zanka. That's the conservative option. I've got 0.4 in the bank. The uh, the high risk option is Hazard to KDB, Firmino to Smalling. So interested to hear your take. Actually, what you think is the best there, Chief, um, and what what are your transfer moves as well. Um, for for my side, um, I haven't decided on my transfer or transfers just yet. 
but I'm looking to ship. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm looking to um, improve my bench for the game weeks ahead. So I'm looking to ditch Hunmeyer, and I'm actually looking to sell Klazanak, even though he'll probably start against Liverpool this Friday. And I know you, know, you shouldn't really take a minus four for defenders, but if it means getting rid of Hunmeyer and Klazanak, and let's say I get Jones and Masuaku, and I get some spare change, you know, I'll be pretty pleased with that. But I haven't committed to those transfers, but it's something I'm looking at right now. Excellent. Okay, that's great. Um, so there's a theme to every pod, which is the, the final thing. Uh, last week, um, Andy G, uh, who we're seeing uh, as in that uh, Christmas meetup we mentioned, uh, got it, which is the Arcade Fire. This week, there, there is a there is a, there is a theme. Uh, you know, may, maybe you might have got it. Maybe not getting it is giving you some reef, but maybe now you'll get it. <laughs> uh, we are who got the assist. Uh, find us um, at whogotassist.com um, at wgta underscore fpl on Twitter. Uh, we've been joined today by by Chief. So thank you very much for that, Chief. Uh, thanks very much for, for coming on. I just want to just end on this particular note. Um, for those who've got a really high rank right now, you know, don't be complacent. You know, you're, you know, be you know constantly think fresh with with you know your moves. And those who actually have a, a lower than expected rank right now, this is the optimum time to actually plan ahead because you know a lot of casuals give up around this time of year when all the game weeks come thick and fast. So you know, for those who are at the top, be careful, and those who are struggling, don't give up. Very up, Chief. Thank you. Um, so, yeah, just a reminder, if you haven't joined our league, um, our, our league code is um, 1538-17403. I'm, I'm on the first page now, which I'm very pleased to be. <laughs> <laughs> um, we'll be back sometime before the new year. So, um, happy holidays from all of us. Yep, thanks very much, guys. Happy holidays, and we hope this assisted you. Goodbye. Thank you. Goodbye. Oh, it's a goal. Who got the assist? Who got the assist? Podcast Network.